0: Some thoughts on the rapture again this morning in John chapter number fourteen. It's really good to have Mrs. Harris uh home with us today. And uh found out she'll be here tonight and then she'll be heading back before our next church service. So uh make sure you get with her and uh but uh praise the Lord for all God's doing there and uh so we we'll just continue to pray for Miss Harris, Brother Harris, and uh, for the work there. Uh, they've been having some little activity with the cartel, but it's south of them. So pray it just stays there, all right, and uh, doesn't come anywhere north. So, John chapter number fourteen, and um, said this last week. I'll say it again today. Jesus is coming again, and uh, it is so important that we be ready. And um, again, there'll be, he'll be coming back next at any day, at any moment. He'll be coming back, what's called the rapture. We've called that the rapture, but uh, a catching up, as the Bible says. Um, we looked at First Thessalonians last week, and uh, the Lord's coming back in the clouds. And all those who are already with the Lord will return with him. We'll be caught up together in the clouds, and we'll meet the Lord, and uh, He will be the focus of that, and and it's going to be a great reunion, a wonderful day, and uh, and I said it last week, and I say it today with just as much confidence, it could be today, and uh, no man knows, we talked about that last week, we don't know when he's, this event is going to take place, but we know it is going to take place, and um, and so that's why it's important that we be ready. We want to look at it again today in John chapter 14, and you so say, why would we continue to look at this? Well, we continue to look, and I think it's important to look at it, because it is something that's expected to be preached upon as it is a doctrine. It is one of the great doctrines of the Bible, and uh, and by that, and um, if this, you know, doesn't mean much to you, um, you know, just continue coming to church, and, and in some of these terms will... You know, we just we learn them as we go. I didn't know these things when I got saved, right? Uh, but uh, but we believe in a pre tribulation rapture, and uh, and what that simply means is that there is coming seven years, according to the Bible, seven years of tribulation here on this world, and the purpose of that is to turn the heart of God's people, the Jews, back to Him. That's why it's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, all of us as believers, we have been saved from the wrath that is to come, Uh, and so we have comforting words in talking about this. And and so what the rapture is when the Lord catches us all into the clouds, if you will, to take us to heaven, uh, it is a a pre-tribulation teaching. In other words, we believe that's what will, in essence, begin these seven years of tribulation. Uh, but this Lord's return will be a pre-tribulation return. But when the Lord actually returns to this world, when He steps foot in this world, it will be seven years after the rapture. And praise the Lord! At that point, Satan will be bound, and the Lord will rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. And uh, and that's why we call His second coming a premillennial coming, because His second coming will begin the thousand-year reign of Christ. And so if I say these words in this term, pre-trib or pre-millennial, I just want you to understand what I'm talking about, uh, that we believe the Lord's going to call us as saints um, into the cloud to meet Him, and so we'll we'll be forever with the Lord, uh, and that will be a a pre-trib rapture. Pre-millennial, obviously the Lord's rapture has already taken place, but also His second coming physically, if you will, on this earth Uh, Will be a premillennial return And there's a blessing promised in the Bible To study the book of Revelation and these things And so it's important, it's expected to continue preaching these things Because we should know what the Bible says about these things Uh, We should have some knowledge on it But not only is it expected, but it uh, it is encouraging That's why this second coming of the Lord is called our blessed hope It should be encouraging to us To know that the Lord is coming back it should be something that uh, is a blessing in our life, a hope, a confidence in our life. Uh, that's why in teaching on it, uh, as Paul gave us instructions in Thessalonians, he ends that teaching with saying, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. All right? So it is an a encouragement to us. It should be that someday we're going to put all this world behind us all of its sin, all of its issues, all of its sorrow, all the death, all the sickness, all the pain. It will be behind us, and what a blessing that will be. It's our blessed hope. It is a comfort. If if we were to go through all that Thessalonians teaches about the Antichrist and all the things that are going to happen during the tribulation, there's not a lot of comfort in that. So I think the Lord chose his words wisely, and because it is a comfort, we don't have to go through those things. But it is expected because it's doctrine. It's an encouragement because it's our blessed hope. But also, we teach these things because of the eternal, because there is an eternity. This world and this life that we live is not the end. There is a life to come, an eternal life. And we preach it again today because there may be someone who are listening to this message who doesn't know Christ as their Savior. And they've never received Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that they will believe a strong delusion after the rapture takes place. And those who have rejected Christ on this earth will die and go to a place called hell. But God doesn't want it to do that. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But a relationship with Christ is just like any relationship. It is a choice that we must make. And I hope everyone's made that choice. So we're going to look at this again, and I talk about it pre-trib. There's all kinds of false teaching out there. and One of the reasons there's a lot of false teaching out there is because we don't preach on it as much as we should. Uh, And we should know. Um, There's all kinds of, and we're not going to get into all the false teachings that's out there. But they're out there, but a Pre-tribulational rapture is scriptural. When you study the word of God, as Brother Marshall said, uh, line upon line, precept upon precept, we don't just grab a verse and run with it and make something out of it that's not there. That's what the Bible teaches. It's an established doctrine. And uh, and so, scripture defines scripture. And I want you to read with me a very familiar passage of scripture in John chapter 14. And what we'll see here is we'll continue this thought on a pre-tribulation rapture. It says in John 14, verse number one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, There ye may be also. Whither I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to look at your word And I just pray that, God, you just please enable and empower. I pray that all that uh, the world, the devil, needs and and worldly affairs that are going on in our minds and in my mind, that, God, you just remove it. Help us to think on these things. Surrender my thoughts, my mouth, or my words. Lord, I surrender myself to you. I just pray that, God, you just please uh, work as only you can now. I pray if there's anyone in this auditorium or they may listen to this message that does not know your son as their Savior, whether this is the first time they've ever heard this or whether it has been years upon years, but they'll stop today and put their faith in you. And Father, I pray you to encourage the heart of your children today, those who have put their faith in you. May we be established and settled and joyful and comforted in these words. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's look at a few things here about the rapture, all right? A pre-trib rapture, if you will. I just want you a few thoughts from here in John chapter 14. And I'm not saying we won't look at another verse. We will here and there. But if this passage of Scripture can stand alone, it doesn't. There's all kinds of other Scriptures. But it could stand alone on a pre-tribulation rapture. Now I want you to see that real quick. Number one, again in John chapter 14, we have number one, comfort remember paul said in first thessalonians this preaching of this, the the rapture and the coming of christ wherefore comfort one another with these words these words should bring peace to us they should bring comfort to us in john chapter 14 verse number one jesus starts this teaching by saying let not your heart be troubled this teaching should bring comfort to us um I am thankful if I had to go through, uh, uh, there are taught in the book of Revelation, 21 judgments that will take place during the tribulation period. If I had to go through those 21 judgments, there's not much comfort there. If I had to go through 14 of those comforts, there's not much judgment there. If I had to go through seven, if I had to go through one of those, there's not much comfort there. But when Paul and the Lord Jesus, he said, let not your heart be troubled. There is comfort in these words. I will not have to go through these things. Uh, Look over again. Keep your finger right there. But look at that passage in First Thessalonians, uh, just to look at these words again. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and in verse number 16. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse number 16. This is what we preached on last week. Says, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and that a blessing. All right? With the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And I'll pause here. There's going to be, again, the Lord will shout, the archangel will shout out, uh, the trumpet will sound. The bodies of all those who have died in Christ, they will rise. And, um, you know, I've always thought about that, you know, because the Bible says to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. So right now, all those who have died, they are already in the presence of the Lord. They're with the Lord. So what's up with the bodies? Now, you'd be, you know, you'd have to say, well, if you said, well, I've never even thought about that. Yeah, whatever. We all do, right? Why? Why? If they're already with the Lord, why are the bodies? Well, they're, they're risen for a couple of reasons. reasons. Number one, because when the Lord saved us, he saved us completely. The devil gets nothing. Complete victory. But I've also have been studying this, and I believe, and I'll just throw this out there as something to think about and pray with me about, all right? But I believe we were created in the image of God. Bible's clear on that. Uh, the body, soul, and spirit. Amen? Body, soul, spirit. And, uh, and right now, our soul is that part of us that decides. It's the intellect. It's the will uh, that decides whether we're going to live according to the new man or whether we're going to live according to the old man the old man is called our flesh right in our flesh dwelleth no good thing that's what the bible says the heart's desperately wicked right our flesh is carnal our flesh always wants and it's wicked our spirit is that part that was dead, but the moment you got saved, it was made alive. You at he quickened, all right? That's that new man. That's that walk with God and the relationship with God. Every day of my life and your life, our soul, our mind, our intellect, our will, our heart determines whether we're going to live according to the new man or the old man. Every day. Now, when we die, this flesh is laid in the ground. Corruptible, mortal but at the rapture it is raised 1 Corinthians 15 and changed into incorruption immortal right and then in heaven for all of eternity in the perfect image of God of body soul and spirit all three in harmony worshiping and praising the Lord what a glorious day amen that day will come So the bodies will be raised and we will be complete in the Lord for all of eternity, amen? But in any case, back to our text, all right? That still should be exciting, amen? Verse number 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. That's all those who have already died in Christ, they're coming with him and we're all gonna meet him in the clouds. It says with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. When we all get together, it's gonna be a great reunion, but the purpose and our only and our main desire will be to worship the Lord and see our savior. It's going to be a wonderful day. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We're going to be with him. Amen. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. These words should bring comfort to us. In 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number uh, well, it says one, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. We should be looking for the return of Christ. That's why we're preaching these things again, because we, we need to be always on our heart and mind, this could be the day the Lord returns. That will change our entire way we live. Verse number seven, for they that sleep in the night, they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. I am thankful today that the Lord's coming back these are comforting words these are encouraging words and I believe that the Lord is going to take us from this world before this tribulation period and that is based upon the, the, the care of God he loves us and he promised to deliver us from the wrath that is to come I think it's based upon the character of God when he said you believe in God believe also in me God is love he's just he's kind and he's true and he's holy it's always all also based on my confidence in god back in our text in john chapter 14 he said believe in god believe also in me i believe he'll do what he said he would do because it's one thing that is impossible for god he cannot lie (laughs) titus chapter one says that it's impossible for our god to lie So this teaching, this preaching of a pre-tribulational rapture and return of Christ is one of great comfort. We are not appointed to that wrath. God's going to take us out of here. It's going to be a great reunion one day, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But it's also a matter of certainty. Back in our text in John chapter 14, look at this with me real quick. Certainties, all right? God has already done some things verse number one again, it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, let not your heart be troubled. And then he said, for in my Father's house are many mansions. Heaven is perfect. Heaven is perfect. When Jesus spoke these words, The mansions were already there. Amen. That street of gold is already there. Heaven is not some made-up mythical place. It is the holy dwelling of the Most High. The book of Revelation tells us a lot of details about heaven. I want you to see these with me real quick. Again, we'll come right back here. But look in Revelation chapter number 7. Revelation chapter number 7. Look at what the Bible says about heaven. In Revelation chapter number 7, look at verse number 9 real quick in Revelation chapter number 7. Heaven according to Jesus in John 14, the mansions are there. Here in Revelation chapter 7 in verse number 9, uh, verse number 9, I'm sorry. The Bible says this. It says, and after this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people. And tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power, and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Heaven will be a place of worship. We will all be gathered in, in glory one day and we'll be worshiping God. You see, right now, I have loved ones in heaven. You probably have loved ones in heaven. You say, what are, they, what are they doing? I'll tell you one thing they're doing they're worshiping the Lord. Because He's worthy of all of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. It's hard for us to fathom that. We're so limited in this world on time. <laughs> Everything we do is based on time. You know, we we've already determined. You know, probably you've already looked to see what time it is. Uh, you know, we're we're already uh you know know what we're going to be doing at a certain time today. Everything's based upon time. In heaven, there is no time. When we get there, we're just going to want to worship him. When we see all that he's done for us and all that he has for us, and the beauty which I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the great things that God has done for us and all that heaven is, when we get there one day, it's going to be awesome. And we're going to be busy worshiping the Lord. It's a place of mansions. It's a place of worship. If you're in Revelation, stare right there in chapter 7. Go down to verse number 16. It says, And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Heaven's a place of mansions, a place of worship. It's a place of peace. Satisfaction. No more hunger. No more thirst. We'll never have a need again. Won't that be wonderful? All tears will be wiped from our eyes. There's a lot of things to weep about on this earth. seems like more and more sorrow and pain and I'm so glad when we get there it'll all be behind us talked to brother Elam this morning his dad is not doing well what do we do what should we go what treatments what doctors what? something doesn't change Father, may enter glory here in the next few days or weeks. I want you be glad when we get to a place there is no more of this. I went yesterday, they laid the foundation for what's going to be my dad's headstone. I went to make sure it was there and right. And stood there and looked at that grave and looked at my grandpa's grave next to it and thought, I can't wait all be together again one day never have to visit one of these places again all tears are wiped away no more hunger no more thirst it's a place of mansions it's a place of worship it's a place of peace and satisfaction in Revelation chapter 21 it talks about heaven again turn over there to the right a few pages in Revelation chapter 21 verse number 3 Revelation 21 verse number 3 says and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away no more hurt what a glorious thought as a pastor you have to try to help and be an encouragement to a lot of people's hurt pastors have hurt families have hurt and I can't wait till the day when there's no more hurt no more phone calls, trying to understand what they're saying. It'll all be behind us. What a glorious thought. There's no more hurt. It's a place of absolute beauty. In Revelation chapter 21, I'm just going to just skim down with me for time's sake. Verse number 12 says and had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and the gates 12 angels and the names written thereon which are the names of the 12 tribes the children of israel and on the east three gates and the north and the Three gates on the south three gates and on the west three gates and the wall of the city had twelve foundations in the name of the twelve, in the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, and he talked with me and had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof, and the city lieth four square, and the length is as the length and the breadth, and he measured the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are of it are equal, in other words, um, people smarter than me uh, did all this, but 1,500 square miles long, 1,500 square miles wide, 1,500 square miles high. There is enough room in heaven for all life that has ever been on this planet. So why would God do that? Because all life is not going there because it was God's intention that they did. And he made room for them. God wants you to go there one day. He measured the wall in verse number seventeen and verse eighteen. The building of the wall was it was a jasper. The city was pure gold, like a clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, second sapphire, the third Chalcende, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth uh, chrysaparas, the eleventh a the twelfth a amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. I could go on. It's beautiful. And he made that for us. It's a place of beauty. It's a place of light in verse number 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. No more darkness. The Lord is the light. What a beautiful, beautiful thought is pictured here of what heaven is going to be. It's perfect. Amen? Now back in our text in John 14, it's perfect. And now it's been prepared. John chapter 14, again, it says there in verse number two, My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now the mansions were already there, right? Heaven was already there. There was one thing that still needed to be prepared. And that one thing that the Lord had just told them He was about to do in John chapter 13 was He was going to die. The Lord was headed towards the cross in just a few pages in this book of John. He'll be on that cross. His blood will be shed, His life will be given. And the Bible teaches that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. God's blood is like no other blood that's ever been on this world. Jesus' blood was pure, spotless, unblemished, holy. It is the blood of the Son of God. It's different than any blood that's flowing in these veins in this room or in this world. His blood is holy. And when he went to the cross, he's the only one who could pay for all of our sins. When He died on that cross, all of our sins were placed upon Him and His blood was shed for us. He paid the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death. He paid for that. His blood was shed for us. In the book of Hebrews chapter number 12, it teaches that the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and, and they would go and they, as a picture there in the Jewish life, they would take these, these sacrifices and the blood of these animals and they would pour them out as a, an example of what one day the Lamb of God would do. And they did this over and over and over again because the blood of animals cannot cover any sins. But Hebrews in chapter number 9 teaches that there was one time and one day when Jesus entered the Holy of Holies as the great high priest and he presented his blood before a holy God. And according to Hebrews 7, when we enter Mount Zion one day or heavenly Jerusalem, when we see it all, we'll see the angels, we'll see the spirits of just men made perfect, we'll see Jesus. But then the Bible says, we'll also see the blood which speaketh on our behalf. Isn't that a glorious thing? The blood of Christ will still be there. As a sign in a Testament, our sins have been covered when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. He was going to the cross. He was going to lead captivity captive. He was going to ascend and present his blood before a holy God. And that is why that holy God who demands holiness can look at you and I and say these words justified. Just as if I'd never sinned is what that word means. My sins have been covered and I have been justified by God because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That place has been prepared. It's perfect. It's prepared. I go to prepare a place for you. And then I want you to see this as we close, this pre-trib rapture I'm speaking of. Go back and look at the verses with me in John 14. Let's read it again. Let not your heart be troubled. There's comfort here. Amen. You believe in God. Believe also in me. There's the question. Have you put your faith there? In my Father's house are many mansions. Where's that at? Heaven. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Where's that? Heaven. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you where unto myself not in some valley of Megiddo he's not going to meet us in the valley of Jezreel or at a battle of Armageddon we are being gathered to himself that where I am, where was he going? Where I am, there ye may be also. So where are we going? If there were no other verses, this teaches a pre-tribulation rapture. We are going, I want you to see a promise here. I will come again. What a great promise. I want you to see his presence here. The Bible says again in First Thessalonians 4 verse 17. Will all be gathered to him in the clouds together to meet the Lord. Amen. He says the same thing here. I will gather you. Say, and bring, he says, uh, um, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, that where I am, there you may be also. I gather you unto myself, will be with his presence. And then I want you to just understand this last thought what is to be perceived? That where I am, heaven, is where you will be. We're going to go to heaven with the Lord one day. It's a comfort, it's a certainty. He promised it. But I want you to understand as I close this message, it's a choice. You have to make a choice. Thomas would say, Where are you going? The Lord, Thomas knew. The Lord said so. Whither I go, you know. And the way, you know. Thomas said, I don't know. The Lord is much kinder than probably any of us would have been, but the Lord said, You do know. But Thomas, and he said these words, which is for us today, here's what makes all the difference. Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way we can have this comfort and this certainty in our life and this great reunion one day and a place called heaven to enjoy all of our life all comes down to this. Your choice when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I believe in God. Okay. Okay. But Jesus said, Believe also in me. Lots of people that say, I believe there's some being out there. But that's not the same as having a relationship with the Lord Jesus. What will you do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? So, what do I need to do? Remember, the wages of sin is death. But the Bible says, But the gift of God is eternal life through jesus christ our lord you must receive this gift how do you receive this gift for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves it is a gift of god not of works lest any man should boast you see it's not what we do i'm going to heaven today i say that in great confidence absolute confidence it's not because that I am a preacher it's not because I don't smoke and don't drink and not because I've been baptized it's not because I put money in an offering plate I'm going to heaven because I believe that I'm a sinner but that Jesus Christ died for my sins and he arose from the grave conquering that and he's coming back one day I believe this And by faith, I received the gift. A gift is something that's already been paid for. It's for you, but it's never yours until you receive it. Have you chosen by faith, by believing in Jesus Christ, to make Jesus your Savior? I started out the message today, whether someone hears this for the first time, or whether someone said in church for thirty years. My question's not, have you been in church? My question is, have you believed in Jesus? Because that will change your life. And when our faith is in the Lord, teaching like what I taught today is comforting. It's encouraging. It's a blessed hope. I remember it fourteen years old. Hearing a message something like this. I don't know the text that my dad preached from. I do not know. I don't remember the message. I don't remember any points. But I remember what it was about. The Lord's coming back. And you better put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And I knew what it was to stand there. And that not be comforting words to me. It brought great fear in my life it brought great conviction in my life. At 14 years old, they all stood with heads bowed and eyes closed and I remember holding the front of that seat in front of me until my hands were literally white because I was gripping it because I I wasn't ready. But it was under that preaching that I put my faith in Jesus Christ. And if you've never done that, please do so today. If you are saved... Are you watching? This message should make us be thankful for all that God has for us, the all that God has done for us, and may we be watching and be ready for the return of Christ.